This podcast is brought to you by Old Port Batman, the hero the Old Port and Maine deserves. Portland's cosplay king and his wife Batgirl are currently booking Comic-Cons, charity events, fundraisers, birthday events, and any special occasion where you need your favorite superhero. Go follow them on Instagram and like their Facebook page, Old Port Batman, or you can contact them directly at oldportbatman at gmail.com. And we're also brought to you by Rick Martin Enterprises. Rick Martin Enterprises presents Elixinol, a CBD oil product coming to the market in Maine. Elixinol is a supplement that helps with anxiety, diet, joint pain, and migraines, just to name a few things. Available March 11th at Paul's Variety in Biddeford and Paul's Variety 2 in Old Orchard Beach. You can contact Rick Martin at 207-205-2161. And if you mention this podcast, you receive 10% discount on your order. What's up, what's up, what's going on, people? Today on the podcast... We got my uh, neighbor Cheeks. Talk about some crazy, crazy stuff all over the place. And show our superior knowledge in the periodic table of elements. Uh, and some other crazy bullshit. <laughs> Enjoy. Here we go. What's going on, Cheeks? I am a absolute huge nerd. Okay. Okay. Why do you say that? Um, I absolutely, I, I'm a, a fan of, uh, tabletop gaming of any kind. I, I enjoy LARPing. I enjoy, uh, existing outside the norms. Currently I'm dressed, uh, like I normally dress when I'm off the clock. I have a nice dress shirt, uh, blue jeans and suspenders. I have a hat that is a little brown bowler cap with a feather and a turtle pen in the side because, well, I, I think that it's really, really important to try to, uh, do things that make you happy and uh, try to be memorable and uh, entertaining. And I take that to a very extreme on the on the daily. So you you find that this feather hat, I mean this this boiler hat with the feather on it, makes you happy? Yeah, um, I like the style. It uh, I like the the color brown. It kind of fits with my um, uh, my auburn hair. It also has practical purposes because I keep uh, some things in the inside. It's a utility hat. Like um, what? What do you keep inside there? A uh, little bit of spare change, a pen if I ever have to pick some handcuffs. Extra large size condoms. Extra, uh, not yet, because I go. <laughs> I, I always go raw. Fair enough. Um, Me and too. Some, some, something to clean my glasses. Really, that's all in there right now. Yeah, except for the condom. Dump it up. Let's let's check it out. I think my my cash reserve is gone because it's been a very slim week. But uh, got that, and I got the safety pen. Wow, you weren't kidding. Yeah, it's just in, good to have that kind of stuff, just in case, to be that guy. Also, it's very, very dramatic to take off my bowler hat and take off my glasses and start cleaning them, uh, pulling a cloth out. People, more than one person has just stopped and been like, uh, just observed the entire action <laughs> with awe. It was very entertaining. It doesn't help with the auburn colored hair. You kind of look like Foghorn Leghorn popping it off like that. <laughs> <laughs> what well, I say, I say, boy, that there's a chicken hawk. <laughs> No, I like that hat. That sets you off. That sets you aside from most people. Like, I, I've never, ever in my life met someone that consistently wears a boiler hat and is Bo- happy bowler. about it. Bowler. Uh, yeah. Um, I used to wear a, a top hat, but it was a little over the top, and it was impractical when I started doing, uh, when I started working at Sam's Club, stocking overnights, it just bumped into stuff. So I, I downsized it, and actually I'm a lot happier now. How does that go for sweat? 
Uh, I have two styles. The, I have this one, the wool one for winter, and I have a, a straw, a black straw one um, for the uh, summertime. Does that allow for like airflow to come through and yeah, touch the forehead ever so gently? I guess, but <laughs> yeah, I uh, last summer I worked um, an electrician, but all, I had to haul some uh, wire and stuff outside, and it, I did that for about a week before I was just like, I can't physically do it anymore without getting a different hat. You've been a man than me, dude. I wear a uh, a hard hat all fucking day long, and it's it doesn't breathe. And yeah. I mean, being a big guy like I am, I fucking sweat anyway all day long. I can sweat butt naked in a snowstorm so the hard hat does not fucking help me yeah i know exactly what you mean i'm actually on a site that i have to wear it's a, a full osha protective gear all the time even when you're in the fucking urinal they're just like yep you have to have your hard hat gloves and glasses i'm, I'm, like, I'm dealing what? with hardware here <laughs> <laughs> it's heavy equipment what are you uh what are you doing for work now um currently i'm working on um uh a eight-story parking structure that's the largest one north of Boston. It's a it's a project by Mercy, and um, it's in downtown Portland. And we're it's middle of like well towards the end of winter, but it's still winter time, and we're hacking away huge parts of land, uh, heavy equipment, cruising around everywhere, pouring foundation work, which is wonderful to do in the winter, by the way, because you have to cover it all with blankets and heat it, yeah. which is very very not exciting work. I uh, I noticed I don't know maybe it was a week or so ago. You had posted a video of the drill <laughs> slamming, slamming down it's the anvil. It's actually, it's not a drill. It's it's just a huge crane with a uh, a brace on it that takes 45-foot-long uh, I-beams, like huge, like oh, two-foot-across I-beams, and just pang, 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 just dr- drills it straight through the ground, through stone and sand and frozen ground, everything. And that's just to stick the I-beams up for support? Yeah, because it's going to be eight stories. Uh, eight stories tall, and it's going to have uh, about twenty four hundred or twenty five hundred uh, parking spaces. That's that's a lot of weight, and all that's left is like eight inches, eight inches of these I beams. That then we uh, that the rodbusters take the rebar and lay it out to build a structure, and then the the concrete pourers come along and build forms, and then pour the concrete. Yeah. And so that forty five foot is just underneath of the actual structure to give it support so it doesn't collapse holy shit yeah it's uh it was really impressive as a i love it it's a learning experience and you've never done anything like this nope i'm i'm gonna technically an electrician's helper but you know when that's not being done i'll do anything because i want to i want to learn with my hands yeah absolutely that's the best thing to do is to learn a new trade trade honestly is better than any any college or anything like that you're gonna get any education if you were to go to a university you, you are going to be better off learning a trade throughout life than you will be spending fucking 12 years. Working retail. See, the, yeah. the, I came to that conclusion. I was working at Sam's for a little over two years, and I got to a point where I had a huge uh, odyssey in my life. And I cha- it changed my perception forever. And I realized that um, working retail is an infinite task. Absolutely. Meaning that every single time, every single day or night, I would show up and I'd just have to restock everything, and it was as if I never did anything at all. Yeah. It's just an ongoing, infinite task where I have to deal with people. Now, I like dealing with people, I'm quite good at talking, but there comes a certain point where it's just monotony. Then, a trade, even though it's a huge task, you know, about like building a, uh, an old folks' home or an apartment structure or a parking garage. Uh, it's still a finite task, no matter how big it is. And at the end of it, you have something awesome to show for it and a skill that you can take to your grave. 
I can't. You can't go wrong with that at all. No. No. And how, so how about you? How's your arboring going? Great. Honestly, it's great. I I wouldn't pick another profession if I had the opportunity to pick another profession. I'm happy that you. Uh, it brings you joy because. Um, I hope it brings you the same joy that I get from doing electrical work. It's nice. You know, and I like cutting trees, but I don't like killing the trees. You know what I mean? It's it's a catch-22. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I'd much rather be able to prune the tree and, and take away any structural issues that may cause hazards, you know what I mean, mm-hmm. over killing the whole fucking tree. Because, honestly, a tree is a sentient being. If you don't, if you don't think so, you're wrong. <laughs> All right. Well, then let me ask you this. What... When you say sentient, how, sentient, how are you defining sentient? I'm defining it as something that that has its own residual consciousness. Could I you... know, I know, it's odd. It seems odd. Um, trees, like people, are alive. Um, they have networks. They communicate. Um, it doesn't seem like it because they're they stand in one spot. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But they do have their own set of personality traits due to species to specific species you know what i mean um for example a beech tree mm-hmm. uh beech trees tend to grow taller and stronger than most trees if you've ever cut a beech tree it's fucking tough it's a real beech it's it is yeah <laughs> <laughs> it's it's resilient you know what i mean it, it <coughs> One tough beach. <laughs> it, it, you know, it's really hard to explain. Like, let me put it into perspective. When I cut into a tree that's completely healthy, halfway through the cut, you can feel the tree tense up as if something's happening. Now, I understand that there's an electrical impulses coming through the tree and naturally something's going to make its 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 cells there, there, there squeeze are, there isn't a uh, electrical impulse going there there is it moves at one third of an inch per second okay where does the electri- electricity come from you know that's a good question and i don't even know how to answer it but i i do know that the tree sends signals so say a caterpillar mm-hmm. brown tail moth we have a huge fucking issue with brown tail moth here yeah if they're chewing on a plant at uh, the top on the crown the tree will send electrical impulses through itself to change the the molecular molecular structure of the leaves to mm-hmm. make them taste bad to the caterpillar because it knows somehow that it's being eaten. It's it's a defense mechanism. It is. It's because it's a complex organism. It is um, absolutely. But it's I would disagree that it is, it is not sentient because it, it by the the human definition of sentience where um, it is uh, self aware. You don't think so. No, it, it doesn't. It feels pain, but it doesn't feel pain in any in any way that we could understand because it doesn't have a its point of view. Uh, the way it it perceives the world is so fucking alien to how we like. We couldn't even wrap our head around what it's like to be uh, to have a, a lifespan like a tree, to grow like a tree, to have a biology where it uh, reproduction and. Like how how it reproduces, and yeah, I'll agree that they they do communicate, but they communicate with like pollen and stuff, which is as a human being, like, could you imagine just shedding your skin, and then that's how we would talk to each other? Would be shedding skin? Like it's it's such an alien way to 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 perceive everything that I don't think you could call it sentient by human definition. It, it's, but it's not a human. Exactly. So, 
um, you, you'd have to come up with a new term for it's the equivalent I, of sentience. I can get down with that for yeah. sure. I um, I know that when when I'm doing tree work and I'm and I'm watching trees grow, especially on repeat customers, mm-hmm. um, it does it does somewhat seem as if once you've taken cancerous cells out of a tree or you've or you've pruned it to a healthy position that the general aura of the property is better mm-hmm. you can see you can tell that there is a communication that we we don't know how to understand but it's it's fucking definitely there mm-hmm. um a lot of the the roots go well well beyond the crown of the tree mm-hmm. and in those roots uh is mycelium of mushroom and with those electrical impulses that i was talking about um the mycelium pushes those electrical impulses to other trees so this tree 150 yards away is sending these pulses hey i'm fucking getting eaten and it's trying to change its its chemistry to make it undesirable to whatever's eating it mm-hmm. and those electrical impulses go through the mycelium to a tree 150 yards away from that that first yeah, tree it's so a, essentially it's a defensive that's, mechanism that's, but that's still communication regardless yeah but it's um it'd be the same way that your uh, like a limb would work or a, uh, a a reflexive response from like a a starfish or something but what's to say that that something that has a reflex isn't sentient what's some what what's to say that because we don't understand how they communicate and how they live and grow that we can we are allowed to take away their consciousness their sentientness um so, so I guess this leads to a slippery, slippery slope argument. <laughs> Shut up. So, what then? What do you propose we do? Do you propose we just stop cutting down trees? Because in our, in at our base, we are like, despite what PETA and what a lot of um, a lot of like vegetarians and vegans would have you believe, we got to this point through blood, sweat, and tears in the lives of our ancestors, we are the quote-unquote alpha predator of this of this planet because we killed a lot to get here. There are mountains of dead bodies of our ancestors and of all the things that we conquered to get here. Um, and I don't think that a tree deserves to be uh, preserved when there's so many others who were unde- who undeserved what they got from us our climb to ascendancy without trees we wouldn't exist mm-hmm. without them dying and i guess some without them sure. without them living we wouldn't exist i mean Both. just just the the act of photosynthesis allows us to live um i think that we would have adapted differently if they didn't exist but possibly we, we still probably would have existed maybe not in this exact same form that we recognize ourselves now but Maybe not to the level of intelligence we've evolved to now either. Or possibly higher. If everyone just breathed helium, would we just be ourselves with a squeaky voice? Like, who knows? It's, it's definitely possible. I uh, I know that selenium, I do believe, is the next... Um, you got that from evolution, didn't you? What's that? The, the selenium. The, uh, the, the It's poison to us, but to... to no, 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 no. I, I honestly, I did a uh, back in in freshman year of high school. I did a project on selenium. <laughs> have you ever seen the movie Evolution? I don't think I have. Um, so it's the who's the the actor who did uh who did uh, X Files, the the guy. 
You know, Mulder. Yeah. I don't know. His, I don't know his real name. But uh, so that just that forever. guy was in a movie that was kind of like a, a sci-fi comedy where like some aliens crashed and uh, it's called evolution because they they super evolved like thousands of times faster than we did in the course of a, a few days. They went from being uh, single cell or- organisms to like fungus and stuff. So they have this this group of goofy scientists uh, led by him who try to. Uh, figure it out and then eventually try to stop it as evolution is forced they're like fucking blue primates with extra eyes and extra hands and shit stuff like that it's a crazy funny movie and so these these creatures are selenium based so the the so what they end up doing is they fill a fucking fire truck filled with a head and shoulder shampoo and (laughs) shoot it up at at this huge thing like like this two mile long entity's asshole um and then kill it with head and shoulder shampoo um it's a great movie. <laughs> I mean, that's not where I was going with it, but I, it, sa- it sounds like I should check that out. But it was the they, the one point there's their uh, they have the out the chart of uh, the periodic table, and it's like this is what we are we're carbon based, and it goes to this is our poison. So if we do the same thing to them, which is not how science works at all, but <laughs> is selenium really poisonous? I don't I don't believe it's poisonous. No, no, it's po- it was poisonous to them in in the plot of the movie to to, to the aliens. Yeah. Oh, okay. Not to us. Were they carbon-based in that movie? Like we no, are? The, no? They were selenium-based. Yeah. But selenium was poisonous to them. Uh, yes. Or, no, not... Um, I don't know what they were based off of, but they were... Selenium killed them. I believe selenium, selenium is the next element next to carbon, right? I don't know. I, you, you did the project about it. I did, but that was <laughs> fucking 14 years ago. <laughs> um, if, if I do recall, selenium is the next... Uh, element Mm -hmm. and it has seven electrons but it also can connect with almost as many elements as carbon does the the reason carbon works so fucking well is because it has six fucking electrons and it is is almost infinite in its possibilities for compounds Um, but selenium is pretty fucking close so maybe it is possible that another life form could could live off of say nitrogen in the atmosphere due to its its makeup being started from selenium i um i have to i have to admit that it's a really interesting possibility that no matter how many different sci-fi tv shows or movies i watch they're all very few of them are actually truly alien in that um that they you tend to be humanoid and have some kind of similar way of doing things that we do where in reality uh mathematically aliens have to exist the, yeah there's no possible way they the, can the universe is just too fucking right. massive yeah. um it becomes a little bit hazy as to if how, how soon we're likely to interact with them um or whether we or not we already have because like let's be honest either they would be warlike with uh, like us and destroy themselves and destroy us if they ever met us or they're smart enough to stay back from us and be like, eh, these guys aren't ready to interact with the greater world. Fermi paradox. Yeah. But the um, the point I was trying to make is that it's all these aliens from all over the the truly mind-boggling, beyond their comprehension size of the universe, anything, any life form could have evolved and we just would not know how to interact with them. They could even exist in our own space right now and they're just like it's a fart in the wind that strange yeah. smell that's a sentient creature that we encountered from another planet like we wouldn't fucking know I think it's also possible that that they reside in a 
different dimension. You know, when I think about ants crawling, I, I feel like they have no fucking clue that we're here. They, they crawl over all surfaces. They, they build and they live in their own fucking world. Yeah. Or, or, and when they crawl onto you, how what's to say that they don't know or they do know that you are another sentient being? Yeah, it, you exist on a scale truly incomprehensible to them. Um, you are, to, to them, you are a force of nature. So the forces of nature we perceive, by extension, could very easily be uh, a creature that we are an ant to. Absolutely. Uh, and that, that's an, a, a humbling thought, but w- yeah. again, we'd never know. It's like um, I watched a, a video because uh, YouTube's great to watch during lunch. Yeah, um, <laughs> anytime. YouTube's great anytime. Uh, Shout out to YouTube. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks. Stay stay classy. Yeah. Um, so, like, what if you were a two dimensional being and everything you saw was just uh, was flat, was a, sc- a blank screen? What would a sphere look like to you? It would look like a circle. Right? Just, just a flat just circle. A flat circle. Yeah. And you would never, even looking at it, know that it had a third dimension. Yeah. Because all you could ever, all you were physically capable of perceiving is two dimensions. And, yeah. and, the, and that is so very applicable to humans because we perceive so very, very precious little of the universe around us. It is... A, a truly mind-boggling perspective to think that um, <laughs> what we actually are. We're just a bunch of misfiring chemicals and electricity running through a meat sack uh, that thinks that it's more than just a basic animal, but all it is is a basic animal that fulfills its base needs to reproduce. But then, then lies in the base animal the construct of consciousness which is brand new and we're still trying to figure out what that means absolutely and and because consciousness and biology don't necessarily go hand in hand very effectively but do they and we haven't figured out the link yet um it's possible i would you be more specific i i think that like the biology of a human and the consciousness of a human coincide together like you can't have one without the other. They're forced to. They yeah. There's there's no possible way that one could exist without the other. Yeah. Because if we don't know that we exist, we don't truly exist. Unless yeah, yeah that's we do. Yeah, but that's well. And we don't know. Yeah, because we have such a very precious little point of view. Yeah, it's um, such a small point of view in comparison to what it could be. But our um, our perception of ourselves and morality in the universe is so vastly corrupted from what. Tr- what could be classified as truth or uh, it's bias? It, it, yeah, we're, everything we do is biased. Everything. And the laughable part is the, the the fact that people think that they are more than that. When it is laughable, isn't it? Th- they're not. Like it's we're truly very little creatures on a very small rock in a very big, big sea. What is a sea of? You know, stars. Yeah. But but well, the the stars are their own little flickers in the vast sea of yeah. whatever space um, is in itself. And, and I guess, because uh, I, I do have to go to sleep relatively soon and I have to cut this short, but I think it'd be really good to end on uh, on that note, that, that the perspective of it all, like how absolutely small we are and how important it is to, uh, from my point of view, uh, two of the, someone asked me, um, 
what's the sec- what's the secret to life? And I was just like, without hesitation, it's I, I give two bits of advice. One is make choices that you are able to live with yourself and sleep at night with your choices. That's difficult, though. It it can be. It can be until you until you start letting things go. Um, things don't try to force things that aren't meant to be. Don't try to hold on to things after they've 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 passed their their use their their uh, coincidence in your life. Just let it uh, keep going and then enj- appreciate the time that you had with that particular thing and then uh, uh, remember it when it's gone. That sort of thing. Essentially, everything is moments. Live in those specific moments yeah. and allow them to continue on. Yep, and the other bit of advice I give is um, be spontaneous to acquire the things that bring you happiness. Mm. Um, don't be don't be living in the past. Don't try to regret. Don't don't live to regret a thing. Do the thing, and if it screws up, then f- keep just keep picking yourself up and going and exploring. But you really have to um, just fucking go for it. Otherwise, you're you're not gonna live. Uh, you don't want to be that guy who lives, you know, 95 years old in his apartment with a bunch of uh, with a bunch of photographs that he took of of concerts when he could have just been there enjoying the concert and mm-hmm. and been at peace with himself knowing that he was there at that time that he enjoyed it. Even if he doesn't remember the lyrics or the look on the band, the lead singer's face or whatever, he None of that really matters. It's the experience that matters. That you were there. The worst thing to to have in life as an emotion is fucking regret. Yep. It is. You you can't. It almost. It's almost incapacitating to think, oh, I missed it by that much, and you obsess over it for the rest of your fucking life. Hence, why we're on a podcast right now. <laughs> I I thought about this fucking podcast, and I've been talking about it, talking about it. I wasn't sure if I really wanted to do it. You know what I mean? But I I feel like this type of conversations is stuff that people fucking need in their life. You know what I mean? People need uh, an outlet or they need to see that other people are thinking in the same manner in which they are thinking. One of my, uh, relevant to the subject, one of my favorite stories uh, was from one of my philosophy professors and he told me this great bit of about uh, regret. And that is, um, it's a story about two Buddhist monks who were, uh, who were walking down the road and they come to a river where there's an old lady trying to cross. And so uh, one of the first Buddhist monk crosses the river because uh, Buddhist monks are not allowed to interact with, with, with women. So he just uh, crosses the river and continues down the road on the other side. The second Buddhist monk uh, carries the woman across the river, uh, sets her down and continues down the path. And the two monks continue down the path for a few miles. And um, first monk says, turns to second monk, asks, hey, uh, why did you carry that woman across the river? Um, that's against our, 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 our beliefs. Second monk says, well, um, I only carried her across the river, but you've been carrying her for several miles. And I think that's a, a good way to, wow. to perceive um, regret. And, and just don't, don't let it weigh you down. I can get down with that, for sure. Wow. Where did you, uh, where did you go to school? I went to SMCC. Really? Who was who was the professor that spoke? Cause, oh wow! Because I would love to try to get him on this podcast for he, sure. He was a self-proclaimed space cadet who was very very happy about how loose his shoulders were that he couldn't actually wear a backpack. <laughs> he, he was obsessed with the Dow. 
Um, and he was one of the weirdest oddballs I'd ever seen. And I don't, for the life of me, remember his name. But he was a great guy. And I don't have to remember his name because I remember him. That's what matters most. Yep. The experience, like we said. All right. Well, you you have a great night, Anthony, and I will talk to you later. Hey, thanks for coming on. And uh, look forward to doing it again. Oh, for sure. Later, everybody. Wow. Wow, that was great. The, uh, the end of that podcast was fantastic. It really touched the soul. I, I hope it gets out to a lot of people and maybe they can use it to learn something. Shout out to Cheese for being on. A shout out to uh, Dip Vintage, Mikey DiPietro for the fly-ass outro and intro beats. Check them out on SoundCloud. Till next time, one love, people.